Hello and welcome to Know Your True Self, a show dedicated to raising the consciousness of humanity. Today I welcome psychic medium Bill Phillips. He is the author of Expect the Unexpected, Signs from the Other Side, and today we'll be talking about his most recent book, Soul Searching, Tune Into Spirit and Awaken Your Inner Wisdom. His life's mission is to help people deal with the grief of losing loved ones and bringing through validations, evidential informations, and beautiful messages from spirit which heal and bring a sense of peace. Let's get started. Hey, Bill, welcome to Know Your True Self. I am absolutely ecstatic to have you as a guest today. Oh, well, thanks so much for having me. Yeah, your book couldn't have come at a better time for me going through a traumatic experience. And then when that happens, having the ability to do some soul searching while I was on my back in bed, but also to do soul searching through the lens of a psychic medium, which brought me into a new way of exploring, visualizing, feeling, internalizing, intuiting our relationship between the material world and the spiritual realm. So Please help us understand a little bit more about your background and what is a psychic medium, because many of us don't have experience with them in our direct friend circles. Absolutely. Um, so a psychic medium basically is somebody who I refer to myself as a channel for spirit, right? So it's something that has always come naturally to me, but when it really began to developed for myself was years ago. I was about uh, 14, almost 15 years old. And my mom and I were on different coasts for many years. And unfortunately, at the time, she became very sick and she died within a week of being in the hospital from pancreatic cancer. And I was able to fly out um, on her deathbed on the same day that she actually transitioned to say goodbye to her. It was a very traumatic event. I thought my life was completely just over at that point. And Unbeknownst to me, two nights later, I woke up to her in the room with me, and I thought I was losing my mind. And from that moment forward, a lot more things began to unravel around me. And I, I always tell people, too, that when someone is awakening, whether it's to their own spiritual gifts, if they're a medium, an intuitive, a psychic, there's usually some type of traumatic event that happens that really sort of allows them to go within and to see the world from more of an energetic lens than a physical lens. And that's really what being a medium is all about. It's just kind of understanding the language of spirit and understanding how they connect with us internally from the inside out. And that all that really takes is a shift of your awareness and a shift of understanding that we are here to find the balance between the physical and spiritual part of ourselves. It's why we are here in the first place right now. So I believe that we're, that we're all sort of walking channels of light for spirit, you know? And I also believe that the more that we are sort of evolving right now consciously um, on a universal level, that more and more people are having their own experiences too with that awareness, you know, and with going within and, with picking up on the signs and symbols that we're receiving from the other side. So what was the inspiration for developing this book? Because it's a different spin on typically what you do in helping people. You're actually sort of unleashing the psychic medium within or helping people to harness their intuitive abilities. Like, Is that the, the purpose or what's the crux of why this was developed in the way it has been? You know, um, 
this really came to me from from my guides when the world shut down you know three years ago and there was so much fear you know on a global scale and at the time i was being guided to lead these meditations virtually for people and the response was anonymous across the board it was we don't want to come back down from that space like how do we maintain that energy how do we get back there and so i felt an obligation to show people how to access that space on their own, you know, because we all have access to it. We're all designed to live our lives in this way, energetically, from a, from a more of a spiritual lens. But we have been programmed, you know, from our childhoods, in whichever way that we have been raised, to believe a different narrative about how we should live our lives. And then what happens is that as we, you know, um, grow up and become adults, we have these shifts of awareness from time to time where we think to ourselves, what is my real thought behind life? How do I want to live my best life, basically? And so for me, soul searching is a way, a guidebook, even for myself as well as a reminder on how easy and simple it is when we give that energy credence and when we give permission to a higher power, to spirit, how this shift happens in our lives day to day, how we see things in a different perspective. And that perspective is life changing and it helps us trust our intuitive sense. It helps us trust how information comes through to us each um, uniquely as well. And it's, it's really something that is so subtle and that's because it was designed to be easy for each and every one of us to tune in on our own, in our own way. And when we tune into to that frequency, into the energy, then we don't see life in the same way of just having to, like, living to exist or living to like work and pay bills or whatever. We are seeing that we're here for a bigger purpose. And that purpose is true connection, both with the souls that are living physically, you know, incarnate and also discarnate as well. And when we're able to see that correlation, then everything begins to glow in a different way around us, you know. And so I I wanted everyone to be able to experience what that felt like individually for them. That's wonderful. I definitely felt it reading it. And, you know, you talk about soul searching and sometimes soul searching. We have visions of people exploring the outer world to find themselves, their passions, their interests, their likes when... You know, it's the inner world, the intangible nature that's so powerful. And, you know, one thing you talk about in the book is getting in touch with your inner child and connecting with it. And I love the exercise you have in it because it gave me a chance to have an embrace with my sensitive, tender inner child. And, you know, we go through life and we become hardened, right? You just talked about the walls that we build around us. How do we become more in tune with our inner child? And for those of us that are a little bit scared to go inward, how do we start peeling back the layers so we can get more in touch with our spirit, the true nature of our existence? So I would always say that communication and giving permission to yourself, to your inner child, because your inner child is, in essence, the pin light of your existence. It's the space that we enter this physical realm in, in the first place. And that's also an extension of our higher self as well, you know. So if we're able to give permission to access 
that, uh, what I call at times the woo-woo part of ourselves, you know, which goes back to our inner child. We all have healing to do with our inner child or we wouldn't be here right now. You know, someone said something to us when we were between the ages of four and eight, you know, that really began to stick into our subconscious mind, into our soul mind, and it began to create that version of our reality. So check-ins, daily check-ins with your inner child, it's always going to look different for each individual, but when you're able to really get still and really understand what your inner child looks and feels like, and that's going to be typically visualization, going back in time to a place that has an energetic imprint. And once you're there, and I talk about this in Soul Searching too, and you're able to re-inspire that inner child, you're able to offer different information, um, different programming, then what happens is that that ceiling is removed, you know, and we're able to think in a much bigger way. And that is all about what our inner child is. It's this limitless thought, you know, this limitless potentiality of why we're here. And when we adapt to that way of being into that belief system, then we are, in essence, kinder to ourselves. We hold more compassion for ourselves and other people around us. We have more love in our space to enjoy and experience. And we're also entering a place within our clairvoyant mind, too, where we're able to really think ahead and set intentions for what we want to experience around us. But in my opinion, it all goes back to how the inner child resonates and how it vibrates with us right now in real time. Right. So connect with your inner self. Make that a daily practice. The child within us. I think the the nurturing aspect of going to those moments that have given us those spiritual imprints that have been difficult to move past and acknowledging them and comforting that pin of light that exists within all of us to move past, to grow, to evolve is beautiful. But then we can do all of that work, find ourselves in the material world, and we're on the path of soul searching. And there's people, there's places, there's things that have become entangled in our energy system. And a lot of those things can be holding us back. Some may be helping us. How do we let go of those places, of those people? And free ourselves so we can become the best version of ourselves and not fall victim to this is the circumstance I'm in. Nothing's going to change. How do we awaken that inner child to find that courage to shine that light even brighter? I believe that it all goes down to our own personal awareness. So when you're able to really be aware of your energy, I know that sounds kind of cliche, but when you're able to be really aware of your energy and what you're experiencing, what you're feeling, then you're also aware of other energies around you that are not your own. So what I mean by that is, you know, you might walk into a grocery store and you have and just feel really awful after you leave that grocery store. And you're like, without having the awareness, you're probably going to blame it on something else. But once you have the awareness, you're able to see that it's not yours. And so what happens is that you're really keen on finding your boundary system, you know, what you're willing to let in to what I call your orbit into your personal energy system. And so um, I know for myself personally, because I, I have to discern energy all the time in my day to day life, that I 
I'm always surrounding myself in lie. I'm always um, making the intention not to, to basically send back to the receiver what they have sent out into the ether, so to speak, you know. And and I really do believe that the more that people become more in tune with their own inner awareness, then they are also stronger with their boundaries. And those boundaries, although they, they begin internally with us on the inside, they also are an extension of on, of the outside, too, of, of what we're willing to let into our lives, you know. And so mm-hmm. let's just say that someone right now is in a toxic relationship, let's just say. But they've been programmed because in their childhood, their father was an alcoholic, let's just say, you know. And so that programming has stayed with them, that belief system of whatever that father said to that child um, really stuck, you know, or maybe it was a self-worth message or that they would not be good enough, you know. And so that person attracted somebody like their father, right, to learn this lesson with on how to have boundaries, on, on how to find forgiveness, and ultimately on how to understand that each person that we encounter is a lesson and a teacher, you know. And, and I really think that once you acknowledge that Something is not being done to you, but rather it's it's something that you have signed up for to learn on a spiritual level, entering this world with. That in itself takes away this heaviness, and it really does help us go within to our heart space. It helps us have more compassion for these people, even the people that have hurt us the most, actually. So I, I really do believe that the awareness is the first part. And then forgiveness is the next layer of that awareness, too, you know, of not taking things personally, understanding that we are all here to learn and evolve in different ways. And you've experienced that forgiveness firsthand with your mother, although she came to you after death as a spiritual guardian earlier in life, things were not as blissful, correct? Absolutely. And this is for both of my parents, actually, you know, but I learned forgiveness at a very early age. I think maybe earlier than most people have to uh, learn how to go into that place. And, uh, and I think it was my, it was my guiding light as well throughout my life of the experiences that I had with other people, even going into my adult life too, uh, of just having a different sort of belief system about why the scenarios happen, the lessons that were learned. And I really just think that, again, going back to having the awareness, which opens you up to your intuitive impressions too, you're seeing people for more than just what you're seeing with your physical eyes. You're actually seeing through their soul, having that awareness. And I believe that we're all capable of doing that if we spend the time sitting in that awareness daily. Let's talk about the spiritual web. You already mentioned our orbit and the energy that we collect or hold within us or let pass through us or give back to someone. Now, the spiritual web embodies so much because sometimes as we're going on any type of daily activity or epic journey in life, hardship, we feel alone. And the reality is we're not alone. Can you help us understand a little bit more about the spiritual web and how the layers of that impact us here on Earth. Absolutely. So I refer to our spiritual web as basically our spiritual support system. You know, it's every soul that's around us on our journey from the moment that we're born 
for the moment that we leave this physical world behind. And so this consists of a master guide, which is a guide that has begun our physical journey with us. It consists of different deceased loved ones that either we knew in this life or that passed before our time here that are also helping us too on this path. We also have guides that have been sent to us as well that are not part of our lineage, but rather part of our experience. So if they see um, an opportunity to nudge us in the right direction, they will. Then, you know, going into more of a higher awareness, um, we also have ascended masters too. And we think of like Jesus Christ being one of them. We think of Buddha, Gandhi, these, these souls that were here for a short period of time that really changed how the world existed and, and how the world vibrated and how the world um, thrived and just different different spiritual lessons that we all came to experience through those messengers. Then we also have the angelic realm. We, we all have a committee of different angels and angels are these beautiful energies that have never actually been in human form before. They've always been around us guiding us many people will actually see them as sparks of light in their peripheral vision you know from time to time because they're very very high vibrational and so when you think about how we have so much around us on the other side that are protecting us and guiding us and nudging us going back into that awareness again you know slipping into your heart space and really um visualizing what that network of energy looks like for you it will build with energy and the more that you build a practice of communicating with them and it could be something just as simple as stating thank you so much for your guidance today you know um thank you so much for your support today really building that language with spirit will become stronger over time and the ability to kind of morph into our heart space or into the inner world will always allow us to feel their support around us. Because for each person, again, it will look and feel differently. But I always like to put my hands over my heart and slip into the heart space to feel their support, actually. And I think that it's as easy as just doing that, kind of finding stillness without, you know, free of distraction, going within. And the spiritual love aspect actually came to me because years ago, when I was having my own awakening to the other side, I remember having this experience where I felt like I had walked through a spider web and I had this feeling around me that only way I could explain it was that I was having to like pick off webs off of my face, but there was no physical web there. And I remember at the time, um, someone that I was, um, friends with in this metaphysical community explaining to me that it was basically because the veil was lifting, I was going into a new version of, of my reality. And that was actually a physical uh, manifestation of the other side. So I thought it was very fitting to call that chapter um, the spiritual web. And again, the same way that we have allies on this side of the veil, we have our families, we have our friends, we have our our colleagues, you know, um, we have a similar energy source available to us on the invisible side of things as well. So connecting with the invisible nature of reality and any of those layers within the spiritual web, how do you delineate communication between meditation, between prayer, visualization, which might be a combination of a few things, then also just 
speaking from the heart out into the open, what's the best way to connect or what is your guidance on using these tools? You know, for meditation, everyone will meditate in a different form. You know, I know that for some people, running, you know, is a, is a meditation. Being outside in that zone space is a way for them to connect. For some, it's music. For some, it's, it's sitting in the lotus position, you know, and, and really being in that space too. So there's no wrong way to do it, but I always like to say that meditation is basic, or praying rather, is speaking to spirit, speaking to God, right? And then meditation is listening in for the guidance. So it, it really is this give and take, this ebb and flow. And it all goes back to building your language, building your language, learning your own language of how the other side works through you. And how does that work? It works through our own life experience or what we at, at times call our encyclopedia of life experience. And so what I've known, and this happens a lot too when I'm channeling for other people, is that spirit will typically use elements of my life and they'll, they'll flash it in front of me as a way or as a, as a Morris code way of showing me what they're trying to convey to the living for example. So that same concept applies with every one of us. So once you get clear about what your routine looks like, so let's just say that you're spending a few minutes throughout the day going within, giving your prayer, something very simple, and then spending a a few more minutes listening in for the guidance too. The guidance may not always be like hearing, you know, a voice being spoken back to you. The guidance may actually be a memory that comes to you out of the blue. And that memory sparks this sort of um, message to you because you're sitting still with it and you're kind of going deeper into the memory of, of what that experience means to you. So I really believe that the practice will always be unique for the individual. But again, it goes back to this back and forth, give and take way of being. And so because we live this way every day, we have to communicate with the outside world, you know, we have to wait for a response. It's the same concept, but just trusting that when you put out the request through your prayer, that you're going to receive the guidance when it's divinely sent to you. And so that's why having a daily practice with it perhaps having a journal or somewhere to to document the information too, what happens is that when we go into our meditation mode and we have our journal in front of us and we are putting on paper what we are feeling and experiencing, those messages will come in very handy when we go back and look at it because that's also how spirit works with us in the background too. There's no time on the other side. I always say, I believe that time is more of a man-made construct in this realm that we try to adhere to, but we're not always successful with that, you know? So being able to also document when you're having those intuitive impressions in your meditation space is also part of the journey of understanding your own language and how they want to communicate with you. And what are some of the signs that we can look for when we do ask for guidance. What are the messages that we're receiving? I know you mentioned sometimes it could be a memory, but like what other types of symbols or or moments are we looking for that we're being communicated to so we really have the feeling that our spiritual web is surrounding us at all times? 
spirit comes through in so many unique, incredible ways that it will also be unique for the individual. But just to give you a few examples, I know that that spirit likes to use electricity a lot to get our attention because they're able to manipulate the current of that flow typically. So let's just say someone's thinking about their mom who's transitioned in spirit and they're in the kitchen and, you know, this random flash of memory of like having their favorite meal with their mom and all of a sudden the lights above them dim. That's a telltale way of knowing that they're around you in that moment. But these breadcrumbs typically come through in, in ways that we are um, not in control of. And so I always tell people to really ask them to give it to you in signs of three so that it kind of goes past your rational way of thinking or more of your doubt way of thinking of like, okay, I saw the dime heads up once. I, I thought maybe that could be my dad's way of getting my attention. Right. I don't know about that, though. I don't know. And then maybe saying, I want it in threes. And then literally within you know 48 hours seeing the dime over and over and over again that's part of this blind faith and blind trust is letting them know kind of dictating to them okay i'm seeing this now now i want to see it more and when i see it when i see it again i'm going to know that it's you giving this to me right so i always talk about in my particular situation with my mom it took me a hot minute to actually understand what was going on but i remember years ago I kept seeing white butterflies around me and I was, and I didn't understand why I was seeing it at the time until I really was in my awareness and really plugged into, in hindsight, why do I keep seeing these white butterflies? And they always appeared daily for me. And sometimes in ways that were so beautiful, like they would come up and touch my cheek and fly away, you know, just really, 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 really um, special. So once I acknowledge, okay, I know that's you, mom. Thank you. I totally get it. You know, it has still been a daily occurrence for me all these years later as well, that I'll still see it every day of my life. Another way too that spirit likes to get our attention is through numbers. So if someone is, you know, going through a transition, let's just say they're leaving a relationship behind or a career or something like that, and they start noticing sequence of numbers around them. I have this happen all the time for myself as well, but let's just say they see 444 around them, you know, and they, they see it on the clock and, they're, and their, their phone lights up and then they're on the road and the car in front of them that gets in front of them has 444 as the last part of their license plate. And then they see when they get home again, an email coming in at 444, really taking stock because every time that, that we give that symbol a conscious awareness what happens is that spirit goes, see, we got his attention. Let's keep doing it. Let's keep doing it. And so they're going, they're, they're going to continue passing along to you. And the more that you acknowledge it, the more that they're going to be sending to you. I had someone that I met maybe five years ago. I was doing this, this morning show and she was someone else uh, as a guest on the show. And she had said to me, um, you know, it's so interesting that you're here today because I have always known that my dad's sign to me is a paperclip. And I had never heard of a paperclip being a sign before. It was really just a very unusual, but I loved hearing her story, though. And she said that she would see it in um, forms of two. And the, the significance of it was her dad and her had this sort of like inside joke about paperclips together when he was on this side of the veil. And so um, she knew absolutely that it was sort of like him giving her his two cents with these paper clips um, when she needed to have that 
authentic validation the most. So again, it's going to look different for each person, but typically it's going to be through numbers. It's going to be through electricity. It's going to be through music as well. Not only just music like favorite songs, but the lyrics of music. So really want people to pay attention to if they're in this prayer mode asking for guidance and you get into your car and this random song comes on, pay attention to what the message is or what the lyrics are as well. That's another big way that they'll want to get through to us too with the message, you know, but it'll always be unique for the individual. Wonderful. So nice that we get to connect with that spiritual web and they're surrounding us all the time. Such power in the invisible nature of reality. And one thing that you might be able to shed some light on is actually light. I know I talk about light a lot and I've had Dr. Bruce Grayson, your death experience, talk about the light that exists in the afterlife and the spiritual realm. The colors, the experiences are far beyond what we could ever imagine. No space and time. What is your experience with light and transitioning from the spiritual realm back to the physical realm and being able to find peace with that transition back and forth? One of my first experiences many years ago, I talk about it in Soul Searching as well as my other books too, but going back to some of my traumatic um, events that I experienced, and I talk about one in particular on a school bus when I was about six years old. And there was a lot of things happening around me that no six-year-old should have been experiencing, you know, just really, really um, horrendous things. So I remember at that time going within again and feeling what I what I call this force field of light around me. That force field of light was something that followed me when I was kidnapped and taken across the country to New York and was you know, fending for myself, trying to find a meal and, you know, um, this really chaotic moments for myself. I, I found myself being able to trust this invisible layer of light around me. But at the time, I didn't know how to label it as such. All I knew is that if I closed my eyes, that it would appear basically. And so that was my go-to. And years later, this is now what I call the light of spirit, you know? And so it's this beautiful, intense, bright white light that I feel is sort of like my connection to spirit as well. And besides the white light, which I feel like anyone who's who's wanting to develop their own intuitive abilities or their own connection um, to spirit would highly recommend a good protection ritual of surrounding yourself in that light source because it really does sort of protect you from anything unwanted or negative. But I, I also sort of live my life in this light language kind of category. So I, you know, I will spend my days before I leave my house, for example, visualizing a symbol that's very special to me and placing it inside of my home before I leave, you know. So I, I'm always sort of leaving like breadcrumbs of light where I go intentionally. And what that does for me is it also keeps me in the alignment of my soul self, of my higher self. And that also helps me keep my vibration raised. It helps keep me more in this flow than if I'm thinking about things too rationally or in a way that sort of um, negates that flow, you know, which we all do every day. For me, it helps keep me as much connected to that divinity and, and to that to that space as possible while while being alive physically that that I can. 
But I know for, for many people, though, too, you know, a lot of people will also see color as well and not really sure what to make of it. And so we live in a universe of just there's so much possibility and there's so much potential. And so when we're able to experience ourselves through this light source, through, just through visualization of that light as well, it opens up more of that awareness. It opens up our, our chakra system as well. That's a big one. So our chakras are also so colorful too, right? And so when, when we're giving time to really dedicating space and visualization to keeping those centers clear and vibrant and bright, then I know for myself, things around me appear brighter as well physically as a result of me giving my inner world that attention. Wow. Wonderful. Thank you so much. So insightful Mm -hmm. and such a rewarding experience doing some soul searching, something all of us need. And while the outer world does exist and experiences can be curated and had and photos taken, sometimes it's the invisible nature of reality where we really need to start our journey. Thank you so much. Where can people learn more about you and, and get your book? So my website is just my name, BillPhillips.com. My last name is spelled with one L and two P's, or you'll get someone else entirely different. And there you can see where I'm going to be holding maybe like an audience event around the country or where I'll be teaching a workshop. Or if you had any curiosity and getting on my wait list for a, for a private reading as well, you could do all of that there on my website. Awesome. Thank you so much. I appreciate you so much. And please pick up a copy of Soul Searching. It is going to drastically improve your life and your lens into this reality. Thanks again, Bill. Thanks so much for having me.